Welcome to the official, official first episode of Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything. Sometimes we get real messy. At some point, we will probably piss you off. And it all counts as art because we said so. Uh, I'm Mel. Um, I am uh, an artist, a writer, an instructor, and pretty much whatever job I'm getting paid for at the moment. Yo, what's up? I'm Maximiliano, Max, Maxi Max, Mad Max, um, <laughs> the other half of Nat Project. Um, Mel had a lot of the good lines. Um, <laughs> how to support Nat Project. We have a Patreon page <clears throat> where you can sign up. You get podcasts. I mean, exclusive podcasts. So you're going to get the podcast we're recording now, but then you would get bonus material. Yeah. Um, which is available behind the paywall. Um, so we get extra messy. Extra, extra. Um, yeah, like, yeah, super messy. Um, the messy. Um, <laughs> buy stuff on our Etsy. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, leave a review. Hopefully a good one, but whatever. Um, follow us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have a website, natturnerproject.co, where you can find all of our information um, past exhibits, current happenings. Um, we also have a podcast page now, which has a link to all the different ways you can l- listen to our podcast. Because we fancy. Because we're fancy. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. So, thank you, Max. Um, Max, you can't see Max. His hands are full, but he is currently holding two <laughs> cups of Henny, um, which is why he may sound a little bit distracted. Um, it's one cup. Okay. Sure. Melanie's right. been drinking honey, and it seems like two cups, I guess. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, tonight we have our very first guest, and we decided to make things easy on ourselves, as we are wont to do, by inviting an artist who is both brilliant at their craft and really good at talking all kinds of shit. Uh, it's Ariella Ty. What's up, Ariella? 
Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for coming. Um, I'm really excited to be here. It's a beautiful Portland summer day. <laughs> really nice and chilly outside. Yeah. Everybody's floral sundresses are getting wet around the hem, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Um, taking the time out to, at the end of this the hot girl summer, um, to come speak with us <laughs> about various types of shit. So. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, thanks for indulging us in our um, projects. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for indulging me in my request for Hennessy. I appreciate it. <laughs> we like to keep the people happy, you know. All right, I'm going to read um, Ariella's bio now. Ariella is a video artist film scholar, and independent programmer from Queens, New York. They are interested in the materiality of black bodies and black performance as vernaculars which subvert, interrupt, or defy the diegetic cohesiveness of narrative. They currently reappropriate, glitch, and video process existing media. They are one half of The First and the Last, a fellowship workshop and screening series supporting and celebrating the work of black women in, films, in film, video, and new media art all right so if you don't mind we want to start off by talking to you a little bit about your work um full disclosure everyone we know ariella we have worked with ariella there's a little bit of familiarity with their work so i just kind of want to jump right into it so my first question is when and how did you know that you wanted to do work with film um and film studies. I um, I remember I have wanted to work with film for a very long time since I was very young. I remember when I was 15 years old deciding that I wanted to work with film and I thought I was going to be a film theorist and do writing. Um, my dad is really into film. He has a really classical, um, he gave me a really classical education on film. So like showing me like Antonioni and like um, Kurosawa and like all of these like, you know, very like film school dude kind of dudes. Um, and growing up in New York, it was really easy to, you know, sneak into movie theaters, to sneak into film forum and like anthology film archives oh, and wow. Museum of the Moving Image um, and just kind of see a whole bunch of stuff um, and just kind of like take a lot of stuff in. So I cut school a lot. And I remember I cut school once and walked from, I went to Bronx Science, um, so I walked all the way from the Bronx down to Houston Street mm -hmm. in Manhattan and uh, to see like an Igmar Bergman festival. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like 16 and watching like the Seven Seal. I was watching stuff that was way over my head. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed just like being in the cinema um, and... It was a great opportunity to take a lot of stuff in, even if I wasn't totally understanding it. And then going to college and studying film, um, being given the literature to kind of be able to like understand the context of what I had seen um, and be able to start to like form my own vocabulary around it. Um, it's something that, yeah, I've always been really invested in. Wow, nice. Okay. So like growing up, do you feel like growing up in New York, coming of age, and like this growing interest um, in film 
like how did these things converge for you? Like what, what do you feel like the influence of New York was on your work? I think I was a really lonely kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I didn't have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood that was mostly white. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sister was my best friend, but you know, we weren't the same age, so we didn't have like classes together and stuff like that. Um, so I spent a lot of time by myself. I spent a lot of time just like reading and watching movies, more reading, but I spent a lot of time inside my own head. Um, and like movies were a way for me to feel like I was like going out and like doing something and being in the world, but also like not (laughs) being around people at the same time and not feeling like pressured. Yeah. That's a good social. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, (laughs) still, still a favorite. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I, so I feel like there's so much about being in New York where you could just be by yourself and you can just like walk and walk and walk and you can be totally alone and be totally inside your own head, but be surrounded by other people. Yeah. Um, and you can always be watching too. You can see so many things. Um, and I feel like that was big for me. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. I I didn't know that about you and your, like how you got started. And that seems I'm very interested in like that initial entry point and how you got to where you are now and like the material that you're working with now. Um, and for anyone who, who doesn't know, um, there will be a link to Ariella's website in the show notes. But Ariella, you take a lot of like found imagery, um, particularly from a, a particular set of like movies. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that that was like the other side of having this like having my dad push this like very classical um, film education on me was that I like love TV mm-hmm. and I loved like fun movies and like mainstream movies and popular movies too. Yeah. But like those were always like, that's trash. Like studying film is like low key already, like not um, something that was like my parents said was okay um, because it's not like a classical academic um, venture of study. Mm-hmm. So they were already like, you need to study like literature or something real if you're going to like do something fuzzy, like do the humanities. Mm -hmm. Um, They were like, you can't do film. Um, But even like within film, if you're going to do film, you know, like you need to study like the greats and not like, (laughs) you know, like this other stuff. It's not film, you know, it's trash, like it's fluff or whatever. Um, And I was only allowed to watch TV in like really strict blocks, which made me like want it even more. Yeah. So me and my sister would always, like, find ways to watch TV and whatever we did. But it was just, like, straight, like, you know, hands to the television and, like, noses pressed up against the screen, mm-hmm. like, smelling the static. Like, we <laughs> loved it. And we loved, like, everything. So I just, like, really have strong memories of all the TV that I watched at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially stuff that I feel like I just, like, loved, like, strong female characters, especially as I was, like, starting to, like, come into myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that, like, all of those movies that I saw during that era, like, even, like, ones that didn't have strong female characters but were just, like, really black and really fun. Like, I just remember, like, The Best Man and, like, yeah. watching The Best Man with my mom, and, which was hilarious because my mom is white and she has a huge crush on Tay Diggs. Oh. <laughs> As many white women do. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry to put your business out here, Mom. <laughs> She's going to find this and she's going to be mad. (laughs) But, like, yeah, like, watching 
yeah, we had this like VHS tape of the best man that was like always around. Um, and yeah, just like watching like a different world. Like I mm-hmm. loved a different world and I don't know. And like seeing all the, like I think about Halle Berry a lot. Yeah. But I saw like a ton of Halle Berry movies. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just like feel like there's this like nostalgia here. And there was just like so many, there were so many different black shows on television at that time yeah. that I like didn't even appreciate it at the time. But like being able to like switch the channel, not even just like on UPN, but like every single show had black shows. Yep. And there were like so many different kinds of black characters and so many different representations of black life. And then it just like completely tanked. Yeah. Just it disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's because I came of age during that time too, like where you'd had like whole like Friday night, Thursday night lineups of like Cosby Show, Different World, um, like CW. Was it UPN back then? Mm-hmm. UPN back then had like whole like multiple nights where it was just black shows Mm -hmm. and like you just grew to think that that was always the way things were going to be like Mm -hmm. I remember going to college like I left for college in 1997 and that's when like all those shows just started disappearing Mm -hmm. and by the time I graduated I think the only thing on the air was like girlfriends or something like that and it's interesting because I feel like tv networks kind of built their status and their capital on the blacks of on the backs of black TV shows, like especially Fox. And it's interesting to see like how much has been lost and what and how like san like sanitized and whitewashed TV is now. It's mm-hmm. really disturbing. Yeah, I like I think like when we think about archival stuff in media studies it's usually like with regards to film Mm -hmm. but there's so much archival material that's just been lost because it wasn't recorded on tv or because it's been taped over and stuff like that and i feel like people don't think about that either yeah that especially like that heyday of black tv that's like a such a rich field for performance studies and yeah all kinds of things yeah because you were seeing like like you said, you were seeing, like, multiple aspects of black life. Like, you were seeing, like, different classes of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was still very cis-normative. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, American TV is going to... American TV. So, but, <laughs> like... But it was interesting seeing black people, um, like, live out different perspectives of experiences. And I feel like we've lost that. Yeah. Like, we have... A couple of TV shows and even those like I'm not trying to like talk shit about any of them because I haven't drunk enough Hennessy <laughs> but like it all feels very curated in this weird way right yeah. is that just me no I was thinking about that too because it feels like we're being told that we're seeing another renaissance of black media and that's like not what it feels like to me mm-hmm. like I don't know, like, I like some of the stuff that's being put out, and it's definitely, like, entertaining, mm-hmm. but, like, it doesn't feel as, like, radical in a way. Yeah. Not that it was radical in the 90s, but I feel like there was, like, more, like, that it was for black people. Yeah. And this, I feel like sometimes it's, like, for black people while white people are there, too. <laughs> that is apropos. That might be the title of the episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. So your work, 
like you you source Halle Berry a lot. You source like a huge opus of her work. Um, you you source uh, like uh, Queen of the Damned. Um, my favorite scene from Waiting to Exhale. Um, <laughs> like, can you talk a little bit about like the kind of metric or algorithm that you use to source these materials? And are you like constantly adding new found stuff or using the same kind of like crop of things? I'm trying to add new stuff. Like, I feel like I have a lot of research that I want to do. I'm trying to like build my practice in a more intentional way around how I research people and then how I approach their bodies of work rather like before it was just like really um, just like doing it as I felt it. Yeah. And I feel like I want to try to develop more of um, more of a more of a methodology mm-hmm. and put a little bit more like rigor into it, like dig a little bit deeper into people's careers oh. um, and like looking at specific people. So I'm thinking about looking at Tamara Tooney. Um, who I feel like most people would recognize her as being the uh, medical examiner on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Oh, okay. Emmy Warner. All right. Yeah. Got it. Um, but she's also been in a whole bunch of other stuff that I really like. No, I've seen her face a lot. Yeah, she's things. amazing. Um, <laughs> and I really like Gina Torres, too. Yeah. I really want to do a deep dive into Gina Torres's career. That's an interesting one because I feel like Gina Torres has managed to kind of like float across the board into different genres of yeah. all kinds of things. She's done a lot of sci-fi, which yeah, I really like. she has. Yeah, but I, I don't know. So I was, I'm trying to like, so I'm trying to like take a step back because mm-hmm. I think that like I'm also still like really interested in looking into Halle Berry. But like for me, looking into Halle Berry was like a way to work through, I think, colorism and like how that has like impacted like the way that I move through the world mm-hmm. um, and the way that I see the world. Yeah. Um, and I still want to do that work, but I think I need to like figure out how to do that work so that it's actual like real work and not just like me like navel gazing. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. And I don't know. Yeah. So I think that like I just it feels like when I think about moments that I want to like explore, I think about like the idea of like a queer root that I think that people talk about. Um, hmm. Like like moments as being like queer roots um, or like or like root moments yeah. you know like like Angela Bassett like you know tossing tossing like flaming up the car you know um that like moment should are, be in the Smithsonian yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and it's like but it's like moments like that that I feel like you know just like you like return to emotionally mm-hmm. like um and so like feeling out like what those moments are yeah or what those moments are for me and then also, like, in conversation, hearing, like, what those moments are for other people. Yeah. Like, there's that moment in Soul Food when um, when she, like, pushes the panties into his mouth. Oh, when yeah. they're, like, when they're fucking in the bathroom. Yeah. And, like, that was a moment for someone who I was talking to. They were telling me about it. I watched it. I was like, that's a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, like, a queer root moment for this person, even though it was, like, even though it's like a heterosexual pairing, mm-hmm. there's like something so queer in that moment too. Mm-hmm. And so like thinking about that, like how queerness can be like read into like all of these, like just like really like powerful or like funny or just like really like on the nail kind of moments in performances. Yeah. Yeah. Are you frustrated with the sort of lack of... um? kind of queer 
direct queer representation um, happening right now? I feel like, I don't know. I mean, part of me doesn't really care because I feel like I feel like queerness is everywhere, like, even if people want to hide it. And, like, it's kind of more fun when, like, straight people aren't on it, you know? Like, when straight people aren't, like, trying to, like, vogue or, like, say things (laughs) that are crazy. (laughs) It's, like, more fun when they don't know. And I'm just like, well, we're always here anyway, Mm. you know? Like, we've always been here. And, like, to me, I, like, don't need to see... Like, I feel like I'm going to see myself, like reflected in like I was seeing myself reflected in like Queen Latifah even before she like officially came out or did whatever. she I don't think I don't think she, she did maybe she hasn't I, I kind of like the fact that yeah. she never did because like the whole idea of coming out is rot to mm-hmm. begin with like that's yeah but like I feel like it's just something we all just kind of know. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like it needs, because I feel like representation is not for, it's not for us. It's for other people. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. it's so that other people can feel good about themselves Mm. and feel like they're not like participating or like complicit in this like terrible, like shit storm. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, there's black people on TV now. (laughs) Oh, well, there's gay people on TV now. (laughs) So the world's not a hellhole. I'm just like I'm good. <laughs> like I'm like how you create half the characters you create are like gay anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And it's like more fun to just like read. It's more fun to just like ship them in private. You know. Then I feel like I don't need it. Yeah. Um, like watching Pose is really cute, mm-hmm. and I definitely am very happy that that's happening. And I like also want people to be paid. Yes. Um, but like I don't think that. I don't think that, like, us seeing ourselves, like, on TV or, like, on the screen is, like, going to get us free. But I don't think that, like, Hollywood's ever going to make, is, like, willing to make art that's, like, you know, they're not going to, like, make another, like, spook who sat by the door Mm. that's, like, completely, like, you know, that's, like, all black trans women. Yeah. You know, like, it's, they're not going to do it. Yeah. Like, they don't care. I don't know. I mean, they did before. What's to say they wouldn't do it again? To make Spook who sat by the door? Yeah. But then they tried to crush it. And they, like, hid the prints. Oh, did they? I don't yeah. know. The whole yeah, they, like, tore it, they pulled it out of theaters. Oh, damn. And, like, um, they tried to destroy all the prints. Kind of like Proud Mary all yeah, over exactly. again. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally. Max, you're really quiet. <laughs> um, I'm taking it all in. Okay. <laughs> um... One thing that uh, that I was struck by in your work, um, at least the work that I've seen, I don't feel like I've seen some of your more recent things, and maybe you can talk about that a little bit, but, like, your use of sound, like, um, the sound that you add to, like, this, the found um, footage and the found video, um, and you use these songs that are, to me, of a different time, than the videos that you're sourcing. Can you talk a little bit about that juxtapositioning? Um, I think that, like, I think a lot about, um, like, femme desire mm-hmm. um, and, like, want and, like, need um, and how those things can be externalized. Yeah. Um, so I think that, like, for me, that era of music and, like, those women's voices, like, really speak to me on that level. Yeah. Um, and like there's a point at which I feel like it starts to like edge into the into like the object like I think that there's like 
a way in which existing as a black femme like some of the ways in which you are desired mm-hmm. are like not always ways in which you want to be desired or the mm-hmm. ways in which you want to be desired are ways that not or don't always feel comfortable amen to that right and there's like <laughs> there's always like a part of i feel like there's a part of like desperation that enters into it mm. like um there's like the way that rejection feels yeah um there's like futility um and I feel like in all of the pieces of music that I worked with I was like trying to <clears throat> like just trying to connect to those pieces that I heard in the music too yeah where it's like beautiful but it's also really sad yeah I definitely get that kind of undercurrent of sad I think that's kind of what I'm attracted to in your work (laughs) which is kind of sad I guess in its own way but you know whatever Um, (laughs) right I'm just like I'm like "Eh." (laughs) I'm a sad bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because it's true yeah (laughs) so you came of age in New York which is where you fell in love with film and you're now doing um film work um in Portland. How has being in Portland affected your practice? Um, I think that, like, I mean, like, obviously, there's, like, way more white people in Portland than there are in New York. Like, that's a given. Right. Um, I think that my first observation when I came to Portland was just that, like, the film, the film scene here is a lot less rigorous than it is in New York. Mm-hmm. So, which is, like, not to shit on the work that's already being done, but just that there's, like, less places to screen films. Yeah. And so there's, like, just going to be, you know, there's not as many. There's maybe one or two places here where you can see, like, retrospective screenings and not just stuff that's, like, second-run independent stuff. Yeah. Um, So, like, seeing that and feeling like I wasn't able to really, like, keep on top of what's happening in contemporary film and also that I wasn't, like, getting an opportunity from venues to educate Mm. myself about film history or like continue to be able to do that work yeah um so just like really understanding that I would need to do that work independently um so do you feel like your access has been limited here definitely since it's been more difficult to torrent stuff which I never did oh why is it more (laughs) if I had ever done that I also have never done that, but I have noticed in the past few years that it has become increasingly difficult to do so. I heard. Yeah, for from people who do that. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar. I mean, I tell them, stop. That's yeah. terrible. <laughs> but, like, it seems really hard. Yeah. And I'm, again, as I've said this before, I'm not about trying hard for things. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> what brought you to Portland? Oh. <laughs> On the board. I was, I was dating someone. And they were living in Vancouver, Washington. And I was absolutely unwilling to move to Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> so I decided to move to Portland instead. <laughs> and six years later, I'm still here. Oh. Yeah. That's a fun story. Indeed. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Although I hear I, I might end up living in Vancouver myself one day because Portland is how yeah, expensive. Yeah, I think we're all going <laughs> to... No. <laughs> like, I have a very nice living situation now, but, like, you know. Anything who, could happen. Who knows, you know? Yeah, who knows? I, it was terrifying. I, like, was in the, I was, I was in Vancouver for, like, a week, mm-hmm. and then we would go, 
we really like The Walking Dead, so we'd like go in these screenings at like the Vancouver Theater to see The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And it was like a full like normal people size theater, and I was like the only black person there. And I was just like, this is really rough. I was like, I'm really here to cheer for Michonne. (laughs) (laughs) As you should. (laughs) I was like, this is what this entire show is about for me. National treasure. Literally. Literally. Mm -hmm. She's like teaching me samurai skills. (laughs) This is like an active education around the apocalypse. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel comfortable expressing myself. (laughs) Because I feel like they'll know. Yeah, I've been to Vancouver a couple times to visit friends. I always get, like, weird energy the minute I drive mm-hmm. in there. It is not cute. It's not. It's not cute. It's just so sad. Like, the little strip. It's very small. <laughs> I just don't. I can't. Yeah. When I first moved to Portland, um, it was before weed was legal in Oregon. Mm-hmm. But weed was already legal in Washington. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my first trips was to Vancouver oh. to buy weed. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? It was good. I bought it. <laughs> I bought it from like a house, um, but it was like a, a, not like a weed house. It was a weed house, but it was like a dispensary. It had oh, so it wasn't like a trap house. Well, no, no, okay. like, they had signage outside. <laughs> okay, um, sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I lived in Gresham at the time, so it took me like forever to get there. Mm. I had to take like the yellow line and then some bus. Mm. You know, the first time I bought weed in a dispensary was with you. Really? Remember that? No, I don't. We were in graduate school, <laughs> and you, like, you and Angelica. Angelica about weed? No, yeah. but, like, you took me to the place, because, like, I'm still. Oh, I'm, did we go to the one downtown, yeah. Rose City? Yeah, and they were so high that they tried to give me the incorrect change back. <laughs> and did I you was like. more money or less money? Less. Oh. I had to, like, negotiate with really them and explain money. math. So. <laughs> I was like, hmm, maybe I don't want to do this again. <laughs> Somebody was telling me that that weed store was like the first weed store in, in Portland. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's still weird to me, the whole... Oh, to buy weed? Yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. It still makes me uncomfortable. Same. I'm, I'm just, just like, old school. Like, I just remember the cops, like, chasing you down for, like, a joint. Like, a single joint. Yes. I can't do... They're like, what kind of weed do you like? I don't know, weed that will get me high. <laughs> Weed that's not soaked in formaldehyde, <laughs> please. Yes, I miss the old days where you 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 bought weed from a friend of a friend's friend, and you just hoped that it wasn't oregano. Mm-hmm. For the best. You like waited outside someone's house for forty minutes. <laughs> you miss those days. <laughs> no, it's like I was, was going without the full story. It's gonna sound weird, but I was hanging out with some sixteen-year-olds. <laughs> I feel like you Uh-oh. need to have the full story Uh-oh. for that one. And they don't even smoke flour anymore. It's like it's like oh, we do edibles <laughs> and we do like oil and Uh-oh. like regular flour weed smells too much. And it's like wow, is that gonna be like an old person thing? Uh, I, I I gotta say, like all these choices, I still need more context. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to explain the 16 year old thing. Um, no, it was a. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Otherwise, we're gonna like, shut this yeah, whole operation down. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was my it was my girlfriend's sister and her boyfriend, mm. and they were like in town or something. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, that's the most disturbing part of your story. I People was like, still go to Buffalo Wild. I was like, I'm not gonna go. They have, uh, they have 
$5 wings on Tuesdays. No. They also... And those wings taste like they should cost $5. <laughs> they also have from I'm 9 sorry. from nine p.m. <laughs> to 10 p.m. every night, they have this thing called Power Hour, where uh-huh. everything's $2. So you can get an order of mozzarella sticks, it's two bucks. You can get a vodka, Sprite, is two bucks. Um, okay. Whatever else is two bucks. I'll take That's usually what I get is vodka and mozzarella sticks. I like mozzarella sticks. <laughs> Okay, maybe. I work, yeah. I work, I work with this guy, and he goes to Power Hour, and he gets like five orders of mozzarella sticks. It's still only ten bucks. That sounds so good, to be honest. I'm like really happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Wingstop kind of person. No, I love Wingstop. I yes. love Wingstop. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't eat the wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. I eat the mozzarella. Sticks. Oh, okay. That okay. That makes sense. But, that makes um, sense. Okay, I get it. But Wingstop, they have good <laughs> cheese sauce. Well, I, I gotta be I gotta be honest. Um, I feel like I'm at the age where um, cheese sauce is not conducive to me having a good night's rest. No, it was so, it's never been it's never listen, been for that's me. That's why I got invented yeah. lactate. You know, you make valid points. Yeah. Okay. Does it work? I've never taken it. I also have never taken lactate. Yeah. I remember like I've never taken yeah. it. Either. <laughs> to be honest, I just live with the pain. So. Okay. Same. I'm just like, I know what I'm going to get into, and um, I'm prepared. Like, I don't have much to do than tomorrow, so I can, like, afford to be close to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's fine. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. <laughs> You're getting milkshakes. Cancel my plans. <laughs> my schedule. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I know that if I eat ice cream before a certain time of night, that'll give me time in the morning till you know. And then I'm good. <laughs> so, that's way too much information. So let's move on to more official things. Um, Ariella. Can I see that Hennessy again? Yes. yes, you can. Hey, everyone. There's Hennessy in the studio. This podcast has been brought to you by... Hennessy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So what films are you, like, checking out right now? Um... I'm trying to work my way through Canopy, okay. Um, which, if you're not familiar, is the free movie streaming service that we oh. all have access to if you have a Multnomah um, County library card. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's yeah. so good. And it's, like, better than Netflix. Really? Yes. It's way better than Netflix. It's, like, it's like, it's like mad independent films, um, lots of documentaries. I just watched this fire documentary on Lorraine Hansberry. There's a documentary about Lorraine Hansberry? What's it called? Um, it's called uh, something, sorry, I'm like too much Hennessy, but um, <laughs> Sighted, Sighted Eyes, um, Loving Hearts or something like that. You could just like Google like Lorraine Hansberry doc. Oh, snap. Okay. And it talks about how she was gay, which I didn't know. Yeah, I just found out on Black Twitter like last week. I'm very resentful. That nobody as you should be told me mm-hmm. an icon. She I was just a total badass. Um, yeah, yeah. So I watched this like Dobler and Hansberry documentary. Um, they have all of Cheryl Dunye's early works on there. They have Watermelon Woman. Um, they have this film by um, Ngozi Onwora uh-huh. called Monday's Girls. They actually have two films by Ngozi Onwora, who directed Welcome to the Terror Dome. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they just like have a whole bunch of really dope stuff on there. So I've just been like making a list of 
all the things that I want to see and just trying to work my way through it. And all you need is your library card. Literally number. all you need is your library card. It's totally free. Oh, there you go. I mean, so good. Yeah, the Portland library system is badass. I love the library. Me too. Me too. I love librarians. <laughs> Nerd alert. Me too. So much. Librarians are hot. That's true, actually. I found mm -hmm. that to be true. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> like, moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. Um, should we talk about Proud Mary for a little bit? We can talk about Proud Mary. Okay. What was I going to tell you? I was also going to tell you that I accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally, I on purpose watched The Kitchen. And oh. it was so bad. Okay, see, I was all, I was legit excited to see The Kitchen because rarely does a movie trailer come out where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my ass out of bed and go to a theater and spend $13 and watch this. And I was like, I want to see that. And then I listened to some podcast review of The Kitchen and what they described sounded awful. It was so bad. <laughs> It was so bad. Like, I was, like, lured in by Tiffany Haddish. And I feel like I was, like, lured in by Proud Mary because I was like, oh, look, a period piece mm -hmm. where, like, women are wearing cute period outfits mm -hmm. and have guns and they're maybe killing men. Mm -hmm. Like, these are the things that I like. All things I these approve of. things I lure me yeah. in. And then I watch it and I was like, oh. So did, did those things not happen? Those things happened and somehow they managed to still ruin it. Oh. I feel like it's like, what's her name? It's Elizabeth Moss. Yes, who's a good actress. She, like, I don't watch Handmaid's Tale because that's some anti-black bullshit. I'm not going to get into that right now. That's fine. Okay. But I did like her in Mad Men, which was, I enjoy the genre of terrible white people being terrible to each other. So. Everyday life. Yes. <laughs> Accurate. But... Was she not good in it? Well, I could talk about Handmaid's Tale, but I feel like it's going to, like, dovetail <laughs> into the other stuff we were trying to talk about. I mean, yes. Okay, because, like, literally, so I've been watching Handmaid's Tale because I don't you love You watch it? I don't love myself. Clearly, because, <laughs> like, um. That needs to be, like, under, like, an under, like, everything that I say, like, the understanding needs to be, like, I don't love myself. Mm. I do things that hurt me. <laughs> like, watch The Handmaid's Tale. The closest I've gotten to watching The Handmaid's Tale is the parody of The Handmaid's Tale that they had on Dear White People. That shit was season. so funny. Yes. That shit was so funny. I literally just finished that shit today before coming here. <laughs> July. <laughs> I'm done. I just, like, I just, like, feel like even there are so many levels to, like, how Handmaid's Tale punishes us. Yeah. Like, Samia Wiley's on it. And Samia Wiley's married to a white woman. Yeah, she is. So it's just like you watch that and you're just like, oh, I'm watching this for Samia Wiley. And then you're like, oh, and the added punishment is the understanding. Samia <laughs> 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 Wiley's not here for us. Yeah. This bitch don't care. Oh, I mean, hey, love is love is what I've heard. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what do I know? I don't love myself. <laughs> I don't love myself either. <laughs> so let me tell you. Okay. So the season finale of Handmaid's Tale, mm. I guess like spoiler alert. For spoiler people. alert. Spoiler alert. If you don't turn off or fast forward, it's your own goddamn fault. And don't be mad at us. What did it say? Like if you don't want to hear it, just go into the other room for a second. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, I can't even, I can tell it without even telling what happens, uh -huh. but, like, 
whatever the result of like whatever actions happen mm-hmm. literally elizabeth moss is harriet tubman oh it's really nope. it's so deeply not okay i knew i knew it i knew it it's so bad. The whole premise of that whole fucking story makes me angry. It's so They bad. have taken things that actually happened in American history and repackaged that shit as science fiction. It's like- and then pat each other on the back for watching it because they're enjoying this amazing work of fiction that could predict future events. This shit already happened! It already happened, people! It happened! Literally, Hundreds of years ago! Period. It's so crazy. Like, like so she's, like, they're, like, <laughs> lifting her up. It's, like, all these women, like, lifting her up out of the woods after she's been, like, shot doing this heroic thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the voiceover is, like, her quoting this, like, Bible passage about Moses. Okay. And I'm <laughs> no, like, no, thank you. I was just, like, watching it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. I was already so tired. It's so high. I was, like, watching with, like, one eye, like, just, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the whole motherfucking fuck? <laughs> Ariella, I really need you to love yourself more. I'm like, just, like. <laughs> No, I just like feel like I'm just like I need to know. Mm-mm. I need to know. I need to know what they're telling themselves. I need to know what crazy shit they're doing now. That shit is gonna win an Emmy. Oh yeah, most definitely. Has it yeah. not won one yet? Yeah, it has. Of She's gonna win has. another Emmy. Elizabeth Moss is gonna win an Emmy for being Harriet Tubman. <laughs> <laughs> did did, did Simeo get one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Of course not. I don't think so. Simeo Wiley is. Uh, I love her so much, and I love everything she's done, and I hate what has happened to all of her characters and all of the things that I've watched. Literally. <sighs> so tired. You know her niece, no, 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 her nephew is in the new Ava Exonerated 5 series. Oh, word? And he looks exactly like her. Oh, word? Which one is he? Um, I don't, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. For obvious reasons. I was like, maybe the little one. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched it. I don't love myself. You clearly means, don't. I mean, which seriously. Which I just, like, I just do things. Like, I just, like, I just, I watched that. I watched that, like, before I went to work. What the, why would you do? If I'm going to watch something like that, I need to have a week off where I don't need to talk to any white people for at least 72 hours. Like, and you saw that before going yeah. into work? Yeah, why I, like, do I that? remember that case. So do I! I, like, remember that case. I low-key remember when Oprah interviewed the jogger. Like, Mm. I was old enough Mm -hmm. to see that interview. Yeah. We don't talk about that anymore for some reason. Mm. Okay, but anyway. (laughs) 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 All right, moving right along. Uh, Are there any, like, popular films that, like piss you off that like you ever see like trailers and you're like i can't believe they got money to do that i don't know i feel like i feel like after that what about the the green book oh i watched that trailer and i was just like uh and i was like i'm not watching trailers anymore that's fair although i did watch the yeah i feel like yeah no i don't really watch trailers anymore i only see them when i i only see them when i watch movies in the theater Mm. And I usually forget the ones about white people now. Like, I saw one about space that looked like it was 
Armageddon. And I was like, they already made Armageddon, so why are they making Armageddon again? I feel confused. <laughs> like, in film class, I learned that films are about our, like, political anxieties. So, mm-hmm. like, what political anxieties do white people have about space still that they haven't worked out? I'm so bored. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is in this one, too. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just feel confused. Oh. I thought he retired. So that's happening. Yeah, he looks he looks like he needs to retire. Oh, honestly. that's ageism. Is it? He looks tired. <laughs> he looks tired. I mean, he's, what's he, like 80? Probably. Something. They could have gotten Grace Jones. She has more energy. Grace Jones. Why haven't, well, we know why. I'm not even going to ask that question. Grace Jones needs to go to space, honestly. I mean, movies about Grace Jones in space. Grace Jones needs to be the representative of the human race. I would be comfortable with that. She does us all proud. She's the only one I would be comfortable with representing us all. (laughs) Like, honestly. (laughs) But, I don't know, that's happening. Um, I saw the Queen and Slim We'll talk about that. Okay, we'll talk about that. I saw that trailer. It was funny because I was like sitting in, there were these three white women sitting in front of me and they had everything to say about everything up until that. And then they had nothing to say. It was so, like nobody was even chewing popcorn. I was like, that's right, bitches. Okay. That's right. Because I, so, I was so mad too because when I bought the ticket, I saw that there was only one other person who had bought the ticket because I saw like a grandma time. It was like three o'clock in the oh, afternoon at yeah. Lloyd Center. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to like have this entire movie theater to myself. It's going to be a real chill time. Mm-hmm. And these bitches like sit right in front of me. I'm sure they were very nice women who I shouldn't call bitches. But they sat right in front of you. But they literally sat right in front of me. We're going to go with bitches. Yeah, I was like, I was hot. I was just like, I was like, my feet are already up on the seat. Like, I'm comfortable. There's literally like six people in this movie theater. You have to sit right in front of me with your mullet, with your like shag, like, you know. I'm sorry. That's just like that's like the hot haircut right now. The only time I ever liked the mullet is when Rihanna had it. Personally. Mm. So mm. <laughs> I'm just like in the eighties it was okay. In the eighties yeah. it was fine, I guess. Because I wasn't alive then. <laughs> really? Wait, hold on. It's like eighty seven. Wow, okay. 89. I had a moment of old. Okay. It's fine. Moving right along. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So, Colleen Smith's show at the Fry. I actually saw that. You've seen it? I went to Seattle for an art show. Um, and, like, I had a free day. And I went to see her show. And she was actually there. And she talked about her work. Oh, my God. But we, Max and I have both had studio visits with Colleen Smith, respectively. Yeah. It was intense. This is a podcast and you can't see my face right now. (laughs) She basically told me in the studio visit that um, I need to stop doing all the bullshit I'm doing and just work on my graphic novels. She was probably right in hindsight. In hindsight, you're still doing it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But the show at Fry was amazing. It was amazing. What did you think about it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I you haven't seen it? see it. Oh. I was just like, I thought it was things things I want to see. Mm. I really want to see it. I saw the f- I saw her film when I was at Images in Toronto, mm-hmm. but it was fucking fire. Mm. Um, 
part of like an entirely fire program put together by Sarah Ty Black. Um, and I was, I didn't know that she had a show in Seattle. And then I heard that she had a show in Seattle and that that was part of it. So did, I'm, did you read the article in Art Forum? About not it? yet. Oh, okay. No. That's good. I'm like woefully undereducated. <laughs> but I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm you should. Try. It's worth it. I wonder how the fry manages to stay free. Like, what kind of politics politics are involved in that? I wonder. They show, like, consistently dope work, yeah. too. Like, how are they paying these artists? I don't know. No. Let's see. Well, <clears throat> at this point, we wanted to talk about... You have recently having had a birthday. Insert <laughs> Um, And we wanted to give you something. Wait, for real? Yes. Oh my god, thank you. That's for you. Is it your Nina Simone zine? Yeah. Oh my and god. Is it the Megan zine? Yes. Oh my god. I'm like, I need to move away from the mic. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I was just listening to Fever. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh my god. I've been re- listening. I I think I wore out Fever, so I've been listening to Tina Snow now. <laughs> like she's so. She's twenty three years she's old. She's twenty three. Yeah. Oh my god. I know, which makes me feel a little bit pervy. So like. <laughs> but yeah. Her knees. Her knees are made of jelly. Or an aspiration to us all. No, no aspiration for me. That ain't ever gonna happen. It's never for gonna me. happen. No, that ship has sailed. <laughs> um, but um, I will gladly live vicariously through her knees. Oh my God, Melanie, this is beautiful. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're welcome. And that's a Nat Turner Project tote to yes. carry the things. To carry the things. Yeah. Yes, I have such an amazing collection of tote bags now. <laughs> yes. Let's get free. Let's get free. Oh, that is. Should we talk about the date? Oh, oh, yeah. We should mention the date. Okay, so the reason why there's like a blood moon there mm-hmm. is because August 21st, which is today, um, is the anniversary of the day that Nat Turner, like there was a solar eclipse. Was it a solar eclipse? It was the kind of eclipse that happened two years ago. Yeah. The blood moon? It wasn't mm-hmm. a blood moon. It was like it was. It was it a. It was during the day. It was a. Oh, that eclipse! Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. So in 1831, yeah. on August 21st, there was a solar eclipse, and that's what inspired Nat Turner to lead the rebellion. Yeah, he took that wow. as a Which is why we chose today as the first <laughs> episode wow. of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. That's crazy to think that. Like, yeah, I guess that gives a new shine to like. All of us being really invested in astrology. Mm-hmm. Just, like, put some power behind that. Yeah. Wow, so, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, how did you celebrate your birthday? Well, can I ask what birthday it was? It was my 32nd birthday. Wow. I'm 32 years old. Congratulations. Thank you. You're only 32 once. I'm only 32 once. Um... I'm excited. I like really didn't think I would make it this far. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, I'm hype. I'm Cheers hype. to that! Yeah, <laughs> my glasses are empty. <laughs> we can cheers again. Yeah, no, I want to. All right. Um, I don't. Is that the? Yeah, I think that's the right one. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Happy birthday. 
to you. making it this far. Making it yes. this far. 32 more. Yes, 32 more. 32 more. So how'd you celebrate? Um, I invited a whole bunch of my friends over to my friend's house. Um, and I cooked a whole bunch of food with Renee. Mm-hmm. And we just ate like an unholy amount of food. <laughs> And listened to music mm-hmm. and danced and talked. And it was really chill. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Renee made ribs. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yes. I'm sorry I didn't make it, by the way. I was exhausted. That's, I mean, I was just like, it's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, I. It was just like, it was really chill. Yeah. It was just like a really chill vibe. Like, we made shrimps. We went to the new H Mart that's on Belmont. There's a new H Mart? Yeah, there's an H Mart on Belmont. And, like, it's oh. lit. Like, I got um, jackfruit, like, Yay. in the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got jackfruit. We put jackfruit in champagne. You did it up. Literally. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, Renee made ribs. Renee makes amazing ribs. Renee was like the grill master. So we like. Can we say who Renee is? Renee is my partner. He's amazing. He is. He's very. He's very sweet. He's an. He's a beautiful human being. Beautiful human being. Loves me more than I deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somebody's got to love you. You don't love yourself. That's true. That's true. That's true. I leave a lot of slack. Um, we like marinated shrimps overnight in scotch bonnet pepper oh. and soy sauce. What we put some Hennessy in there. Um, Wait, I know you have a West Indian background. Does mm-hmm. Ernie have a West Indian background? No, okay. he just tolerates the amount of spice that I put in the food. <laughs> <laughs> he just coughs and puts up with it. <laughs> He's like, you're putting two peppers in there? I'm like, I am putting two peppers in there. <laughs> and you're going to like it. <laughs> I'm just like, you don't eat enough rice. <laughs> That's the problem with Americans eating enough rice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we just ate a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was it was really fun. It was just like really chill. We killed an entire bottle of Hennessy. Nice. Yeah, Hennessy is delicious. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> it's so smooth. It's so good. It's so good. <sighs> yeah. And so we made greens and beans. What and kind of greens? Ernie made the beans. We made them with the smoked ham hocks that you can get at Cherry Sprout. Yeah. They have smoked ham hocks up there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so he made he made his greens. His greens are so good. Um, black eyed peas, rice. My friend April, whose house we hosted it at, she made um, jambalaya. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It, it was, sounds amazing. It was really good. It was really good. It was lots of... Lots of laughter. Lots of good times. Yeah. That's good. You deserve that. I know it was. It felt really. It felt really nice. nice. I'm like so shy that usually I just like cry by myself on my birthday. Like I take the boat bus up to Seattle by myself and then go and see like go to museums and stuff and just be by, be alone and just cry. Oh, okay. Which is like it feels good for me. I'm a cancer. Okay. Okay. So I'm just like I that just to be in my feelings. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, this art makes me feel so much, and I just like cry by myself in an exhibit. The guard asked me like, are you okay? Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just emo. We have tourist placements. I do. Yeah, I am a Taurus moon. No, I'm a Taurus rising and an Aries moon. 
Yeah. So I love snacks, and I'm quick to anger. <laughs> especially when you don't get your snacks. Yeah, especially when I don't get my snacks. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so allow me to get fake deep for a minute. What are the lessons that you have learned from your 31st year on Earth? Um... I think that the lessons that I've learned are to trust myself more. Yeah. Um, and to give less fucks about how the world around me reacts to me. That's important. Mm-hmm. And to trust my practice and to have more faith in, like, the work that I'm making. Um, yeah. And just to, like, be a little bit more... Yeah, just to, like, love myself a little bit more, do a little bit more self-care, even if it doesn't feel like I actually am following through with the feeling just to go through the motions, because even the motions of drinking water and getting enough sleep, (laughs) you know, end up having an effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Um, What are you looking forward to in your 32nd year? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, to traveling more. Oh, okay. Where do you want to go? I want to go basically anywhere that's not Portland. Literally <laughs> 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 anywhere. <laughs> Portland is awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm really trying to see the bottom of the Willamette this year. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, this got Goodness. really like sorry, disturbing. That got, that got, that oh my. Much. No, sorry. <laughs> I was like, anywhere. <laughs> Do I need to take that Hennessy? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay. So, like, where where do you, like, do you know specific places you want to go? I've been yeah. thinking about this a lot, too, actually. Well, I'm going to New Orleans. Ooh, um, I've never been. I've never been either, and I'm, like, really excited, and there's lots of things I want to do. I feel like, I feel like as someone whose family comes from the Caribbean, mm-hmm. I, like, don't have enough education about um, the South. Yeah. And so I'm just, like, really excited to, like, experience the South mm-hmm. and, like, meet people and, like, see things and just, like, educate myself. Yeah. Um, like, I've been to, like, Florida, but I feel like Florida's, like... Florida's a different animal. Let me be more clear. I've been to Miami because okay. that's where my family's from. So I was just, born like, in Miami. Miami is the shit. Like, yeah, I Miami's mean, really okay. cute. I mean, Miami's really <laughs> cute. Miami's, like, not, like... I feel like when you think of, like, the South, you're not thinking about, like, Miami. No. Miami's a whole, Miami's basically part of the Caribbean. Exactly. In my opinion. So I'm just like, and Miami has like all the things that come along with that too. But yes. like, I feel like I don't really know what it's like to like be in the South. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like interested to see what it's going to be like down there. Yeah. So we're going to New Orleans, me and Ernay are. Yeah. Um, and. How long are you going to? Like be- a week. Nice. Going to yeah. get some beignets. Some yes. crawfish. Some crawfish gumbo. for sure. Some gumbo for sure. Sorry. One book. Um, I'm really excited to get so many oysters. I'm so excited to eat oysters. Oh, you like oysters? I really like oysters. You don't like oysters? Can't stand oysters. 
My sister loves oysters, and I took her out for her birthday, and she sat there and ate 30 oysters in front of me, and I have never felt so sick watching <laughs> that in my entire life. I want to meet your sister. <laughs> She's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm like, 30 oysters? Damn. She embraces life in a way that I probably should. So. That sounds amazing. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah new orleans that sounds awesome yeah i want to like see like the mississippi river yeah um we were maybe talking about going up to, to mississippi um since it's not too long of a drive from like other places but mm. yeah i don't know so i'm excited to see that um i'm probably gonna go back to canada oh. which is exciting okay canada toronto was dope yeah um and i don't know just pretty much anywhere. That's awesome. Maybe back to New York. Back to New York, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you, like, are you planning on showing in any of these places, or? I can't say anything just yet. Okay. But, yeah. All right, okay. But, yes. Well, snaps stay, to you. Stay, stay tuned. Stay okay. Stay tuned. Okay. New York things. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to get into our, oh, wait, you had a question. But you do have, like, Upcoming things that you've already publicly announced. I do have some upcoming things. Yeah, okay. I'm showing at the... Um... We have a section. We'll okay, do. Yeah, sorry. Okay, cool. Did I jump ahead? Yes, you did. Sorry, Melanie, for getting off track. <laughs> follow, the, follow the outline, <laughs> sir. The, the outline is just an outline. <laughs> you look fine, Sula. You lying, Nellie. I look bad. She gulped the medicine. No, I haven't seen you for a long time, but you look... You don't have to do that, Nellie. It's going to be all right. What ails you, have they said? Sula licked the corners of her lips. You want to talk about that? Nell smiled slightly at the bluntness she had forgotten. No. No, I don't. But you sure you should be staying up here alone? Nathan comes by, the dewy sometimes, and tar baby. That ain't help, Sula. You need to be with somebody grown, somebody who can... I'd rather be here, Nellie. You know you don't have to be proud with me. Proud? Sula's laughter broke through the phlegm. What you talking about? I like my own dirt, Nellie. I'm not proud. You sure have forgotten me. Maybe. Maybe not. But you a woman and you alone. And you? Ain't you alone? I'm not sick. I work. Yes, of course you do. Work's good for you, Nellie. It don't do nothing for me. You never had to. I never would. There's something to say for it, Sula, especially if you don't want people to have to do for you. Neither one, Nellie, neither one. You can't have it all, Sula. Nell was getting exasperated with her arrogance, with her lying at death's door and still smart talking. Why? I can do it all. Why can't I have it all? You can't do it all. You a woman and a colored woman at that. You can't act like a man. You can't be walking around all independent-like, doing whatever you like, taking what you want, leaving what you don't. You repeating yourself. How repeating myself? You say I'm a woman and colored. Ain't that the same as being a man? I don't think so, and you wouldn't either if you had children. Then I really would act like what you call a man. Every man I ever knew left his children. Some were taken. Wrong, Nellie. 
the word is left. You still going to know everything, ain't you? I don't know everything. I just do everything. Well, you don't do what I do. You think I don't know what your life is just because I ain't living it? I know what every colored woman in this country is doing. What's that? Dying, just like me. But the difference is, they dying like a stump. Me? I'm going down like one of those redwoods. I sure did live in this world. Really? What have you got to show for it? Show? To who? Girl, I got my mind and what goes on in it, which is to say I got me. Lonely, ain't it? Yes, but my lonely is mine. Now you're lonely as somebody else's, made by somebody else and handed to you. Ain't that something? A second-hand lonely.